Hey, we're so glad you found us. This is a Juicy Pear Podcast with Sean and Wendy. I'm your host, Wendy. And I'm your host, Sean. And we want to share with you some storytelling that leaves you feeling entertained, inspired, and puts a smile on your face. And we are truly hoping to be able to talk about relatable topics, especially in this world of craziness. So sit back and enjoy the conversation. Stay tuned. Hi, this is a Juicy Parrot Podcast with Sean and Wendy, and we are very excited on our guest today. We have the great, the wonderful Danielle Adamski. She is a relationship master coach, author, podcaster, and speaker. Hey, Danielle. Hey, Wendy. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, we enjoy it. We're so glad that you're here and being able to talk with us. So um, yeah, Sean couldn't make it today, but I'm more than happy to interview you and I'm excited about it. So um, I looked at your website and you've got quite a lot of stuff to unpack here. You have a lot of different things. Um, You've worked with CEOs and CFOs. You used to be, you have an MBA and you used to be an engineer. Tell me yes. about that. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't start off as a relationship master coach. I actually started off in engineering. Actually, I started off as a, a Navy girl, and oh. then I went into electrical engineering. Okay, so you used to be in the service? Yes, I, I served for the Navy for five years. I actually had a back surgery, so they kept me an extra year Okay, just to make sure everything was good. Uh, so yeah, I, I served for our country. That's awesome. Well, thank you for your service. I served as well. I used to be in the mil- uh, army in the military for four years. Thank you for your <laughs> yeah. service. Yeah, yeah. Four years was enough. I was I was done after that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not easy, is it? No, it isn't. Where were you stationed? Or you were on a ship, so you were probably all over the place. Actually, I was in San Diego at the North Island. Oh, nice base. Yeah. So okay. perfect place to be San Diego. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better place. I don't think. Oh, the, the weather is beautiful there, isn't it? I mean, it's like consistently 80 degrees or something. It's consistently sunny and beautiful. I just can't even describe the happiness. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. You know, we live in Michigan, so it's yeah. Out no. here, and going from there, <laughs> yeah, going from there to Michigan. Now, Michigan is beautiful, but it's highly unpredictable. So we just yes. found out that we're like both in Michigan, but different parts of Michigan. But hey, you know, that isn't isn't the story. Is like you know, one day it's blizzard, the next day hot and sunny. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, you can have a sixty degree swing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so let's see. You are a relationship master coach. So what got you involved in that? Yeah, so what started it was that um, I was a relationship flunky. So I, and I say that lightly, I mean, we've all relationships. Absolutely. Didn't uh, succeed, they didn't work out. But I, I, I say that in, in fun, but really what, what happened was, is I, w- I was married and um, I ended up feeling like resentful and I started feeling unhappy and depressed. I had a lot of things going on in my life. My brother had passed away, overworked, working, you know, 50, well, more than 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week in the manufacturing industry. Okay. So that was really draining. And then I had um, a little one who didn't sleep very well. So I had oh. a lot of 
going on emotionally. I, I suffered from some hormonal imbalances, a lot of things, you know, stacked on top of each other. And then ultimately after going to several therapists and not really getting results and trying antidepressants and a whole bunch of other things, I just ended up getting a divorce. And then over time I, I started dating and then I started dating my current husband, Larry. And what happened was, is he basically said, Danielle, you've got a problem and it's, it's not us. It's not men. It's you mm-hmm. I really need to get a hold of this and, and figure out what's going on internally with you and, and in your mind yeah. and get, get straight. So that's when I really dove into, I mean, really dove into self-help not looking to fix somebody else, but to fix myself. All the books that I had read prior to that was how can I fix my relationship by basically fixing the other person? Right. right. But didn't realize that maybe you could be fixed as well. And that's true with everybody, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was I started working on my relationship and I, with myself and with Larry. And over time, I started to get a lot of my friends and family recognizing that I had this different mindset, that I had made some major shifts in my personality, in the way that I operated. And because of that, they wanted to know what was I doing. And so I started coaching them for free. Then I realized, well, I'm really talented at this. So the more people that came, I kept getting referral after referral after referral and cool. decided, hmm, maybe I should just do this for a career. Yes, Absolutely. Well, you know, I kind of feel for you as far as a little one that wouldn't stop crying. My daughter, well, so I have two sets of twins. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's crazy. Uh, You know, it's a lot of chaos, but we like it. And, you know, I've learned to deal with it. But yeah, so the older twins is they're 16, but she, one of them, she had colic and she had it really bad. And uh, it lasted for a good amount of time. I have to say it was a, between 12 and 18 months. That whole time was such a blur because it was so very difficult. I mean, she would not stop crying ever. And when you, not, and when you don't have adequate amount of sleep piled on with you know, work responsibilities and things like that, oh my goodness, it makes life very difficult. Mm-hmm. I remember that time and uh, that was very hard. And I remember people saying, I am so sorry. You know, she just would not stop crying ever. (laughs) Yeah. That's really tough. Uh, She's, you know, what's funny now is she's so well-behaved now and just a dream. I don't know. I was like, you know, Ella, when you were younger, maybe you just wanted to talk so much and didn't know how to get your words out or whatever, because she talks all the time. She's got a lot to say. So maybe it was that, but oh my goodness, that was, that was a hard time, but we got through it. Yeah. So I really like how, um, yeah. How did you begin your journey of self-discovery? Like how, how did you find this out about yourself? Like, okay, I want to make some changes and I want to be able to help myself. And how did you go about doing that? You know, I think like everybody, you become become more aware of how energy impacts you. So I think, you know, as you become more conscious vibration Mm -hmm. and energy, you start listening to different things on, on podcast or perhaps YouTube or some other place, right? You find something that reaches out to you. And Wayne Dyer was one of the first books, conscious books that I read. Okay. And then I started reading a, a little bit about Deepak Chopra. And as I started reading his books, I became more aware. 
And then, you know, the more that I read, I mean, I've read so many books, I cannot even tell you how many it's, it's in the hundreds. Maybe Fantastic. Even. So I read all the time and I continue to read to sharpen my skill set yep. and make sure that um, I have a good mindset because I'm dealing with a lot of people that are really in some dark places to continue to maintain my energy. So I learned about energy, energy healing. And, and I am to- so into that. I am yeah. so into that. I, I, I probably, you know, I believe in God and I do a lot of praying, but I'm very much, I would say more spiritual than maybe going to church every Sunday, which I probably, you know, would like to get back to doing, but I'm just very aware of, you know, things that you can't see, but you can feel like energies for sure. I think energies is so, it's so powerful, but yet people just don't recognize it. Like I, w- I think I find Buddhism very interesting mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I would like to know more about that. Um, Cause I saw that that was one of the things that kind of made into your journey a little bit. I started listening to Ajahn Brahm and he's a Buddhist monk in Australia. And so you can YouTube him and he's got Um, a book called, I think it's called Open the Door to My Heart or something like that. And he uses a lot of analogies and he's a really goofy kind of guy. He's real funny. What I love about him is that, you know, he puts things in relatable terms that you can understand. And he's, it's not a religion per se, but he's teaching you a mindset, thinking that's different than some of the other religions. You know, like I said, it's not a religion, but it's other religions that I have participated in. It sounds fascinating. I think I might have to get his book because it is really sweet. And he, like I said, he does a lot of analogies and I get to share them with my daughter because they are quite relatable and funny. So he, he's a goofy kind of guys. Oh yeah. I would. Yeah. I I'm sure I would love to read that book. Yes. I think you would. (laughs) I think everybody would because it's really enlightening. You know, every I think every Friday he has like a sermon. And I used to just constantly listen to him while I was at work, just all day. Oh, nice. Just listen to everything he had to say. And, and you get like this calm peacefulness that yeah. kind of washes over you. And so the kids and stuff, they make fun of me because I'm like the Buddhist in the in the family. Aw, well, that's a zen. And I'm, I'm doing like mantras in the bathtub. And- <laughs> Weird stuff that's like, you know. Hey, no, that sounds like good stuff. I could use some of that for sure. I could use a little more zen and calm. I just have a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, I have a book coming out later in the year. Uh, I have another book that I'm doing a compilation with, with a bunch of other authors coming out in the summer. And then, you know, I have a podcast and you have a podcast as well. I do. Yeah. What is the name of your podcast? Manifest Your Dream Marriage. Okay. And does that like, do you have an episode come out uh, a couple times a month or how often does your episodes come out? Well, frankly, when I feel like it, I don't. (laughs) Okay. No, that's set routine on when they come out. Basically, uh, when I get around to it, it's, it's a passion project more than anything. Obviously with podcasts, they're not creating a ton of income. So it's, it's something that I just felt on my heart. A friend of mine had suggested that I do it because I really enjoy having conversations with people. I love getting to know people. It's so much fun, isn't it? It is. It is absolutely so much fun. And I kept saying to myself, I have too much on my plate. I don't think I could handle another thing to do, but I find that I get so joy out of it that I do look forward to doing it. Okay. So 
What would be like maybe the number one reason why someone would come to you for your services? Yes, someone would come to me for my services primarily because they want to improve their communication. That's the number one thing that I hear over and I've had like over 500 clients. So that's the number one theme. Okay. But that is not the underlining reason. That is the reason that they can articulate and they, they think that that is the problem. Everybody, almost everybody says that. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've met anybody that hasn't said that. Right. Yeah. They realize there's a problem. There's a communication problem somewhere. We just got to figure out what it is and how to work through it and how to improve, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So they're looking to improve their communication because they don't feel like they're heard under or understood or that feelings matter is really what the, the bottom line is. They want their spouse to understand their feelings and then act upon them in certain specific ways. They've got these expectations of how their partner should behave and have, or react. Because of that, then if they don't react, then they get upset and sad and they feel lonely or rejected and frustrated, angry. All those low vibrational emotions is what yeah. people will have. And over time, it starts to break down the relationship. And then oftentimes there's an affair that's happening mm-hmm. or they just the, the husband wants to leave the relationship because... They can't take it anymore. They're not happy and haven't been happy for a really long time. Now, how long does your program last? Like say a couple would like to come with you and, you know, they would like some counseling or some steps on how to get better in their relationship. Do you offer like maybe, yeah, I think I saw on there, it was like an eight to 12 week program, depending upon what might need to be addressed. Yeah. So my marriage mastery program is a 12 week program. Okay. I found that it started with being a four-week program, then I went to a six-week, then an eight-week, and then I realized that between eight and 12 weeks is that sweet spot. I'm peeling back an onion, right? I'm getting people to understand who they are and why they are reacting the way that they react to their, their partner. You could be super successful at work, and you can think that you are in control at work, and people listen to you because you're the manager, the boss, the CEO, the vice president, whatever. Yeah. And they, most people do listen to you. Then you get home and you take these same characteristics and you try to implement it in, into your marriage. And it just doesn't work as a business no. yeah. work that way. And so I'm uncovering each week a new lesson and, and basically peeling back this onion. And so the first four weeks is really focusing on yourself, inner mastery, which is basically self-awareness. So I focus on your limiting beliefs, your negative thought patterns, uh, the emotional inner child healing that you probably never have ever heard about. That's a big part, part of it. I feel like, you know, your oh, it is. things that weren't um, addressed or properly looked into. And then you kind of carry that over into your personality and you just kind of deal with it until it has to be dealt with, I guess. Yeah, it kind of comes up over and over again. The subconscious mind actually wants to heal it. It wants it to like, yeah get out and, and, and be seen and healed. And most people either repress it for so many years, you know, keep shoving it down, keep shoving it down. But what I find is over time, we all re- will continue to repeat the same pattern. So for me, I kept repeating the exact same patterns in my relationship, the exact same patterns in work. I mean, everybody has their patterns. And once you realize you've, you've got a pattern, 
you then need to start uncovering why you have that pattern and then look at reprogram that pattern so that it doesn't sabotage your life. Now, some people just, I would think would not be interested just because it would make them so vulnerable that they're like, nope, I'm not doing this. And that's part of the problem too. I mean, if you're not willing to put in the work or take a deep look inside um, what you're thinking, that's not going to help things. Yeah. I mean, that's why I get a lot of referrals because once somebody goes through this process, it's an easy sell because your friends and your family and your children, everyone around you sees a different version of you. Your highest self is what I call it. So I'm teaching you how to be your highest self over 12 weeks and how to look at your spouse in the same way. And then you change the relationship change. It it Mm -hmm. impacts the way you you are at work and the way you are with your children. It, it just kind of is like a ripple effect. And so yes. I get a lot of referrals that way because. It's so important. I mean, that's it, like the number is. one thing is to be healthy with yourself. I can't think of anything that's, that's like the most important thing I feel very helpful. It is, it is. And, and so many times you do hear people say therapists and everyone, you know, coaches say you need to have self-love and that is yes. true. That is yeah. so, so true. And I even continue to practice that every single day. It's it's something you have to grow into and learn more and more and more about yourself. And you go, right. I really like doing this. Why am I doing this? <laughs> Decide that you're going to stop doing that because you don't love it anymore. Right? Yeah, makes but sense. People, they keep doing things that they don't love, that they don't like. <laughs> they Probably, watch TV yeah. that doesn't fulfill them. Right. Probably on an obligation of some sort. I don't know. You know, like they, they see, feel like there's a set of code of rules or whatever that you constantly have to follow uh, to their detriment. You know, it's important to live life to the fullest each and each and every day and try to be your best self and try to have a lot of high energy and be happy. I mean, you know, you, everyone's going to have sad days, of course, but you know, that's just the human experience, but just to try to, um, have the best life experience. You know, I saw on your website as well. It was kind of neat. It said the five love languages that are not what you think. Can you kind of tell us a little bit? I mean, you don't have to say all five, but maybe give us a little teaser about that. Well, here's my system is that Gary Chapman has the five love languages. It's a super popular relationship book. I think everybody probably was one in their home. Yep. <laughs> he sold so many copies and it's brilliant in, in some ways. And then it's also, um, can ruin relationships if taken the wrong way. Okay. So the way that I used to look at it when I was in a relationship with my ex is I read that book and I said, okay, this is a book for us. We need this book right here. So I read the book and I said, okay, ah, my, my love language is a physical touch. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you are supposed to give me physical touch as often as I need, because if you loved me, that's what you would do. Okay. And okay. His was acts of service. So I went around doing all these acts of service, cleaning the house, getting the, our daughter, picking her up, taking her home, you yeah. know, get groceries. I did like this to-do list that was never ending. Okay. Well, I was feeling pretty resentful. You oh know? Yeah that because I was working a full job, full-time job and feeling that I was also doing everything at home percent yep. of it. And so I became really resentful. I said, well, this isn't working. He, he might feel really loved. 
I'm not feeling very good about this. Right. And so it was like forcing me out of my comfort zone. It was almost like I was trying to learn a different language. Yeah. And my language was physical touch. So mine is too. The way by that the way. I look at it now. <laughs> yeah. And I would get really disappointed that he wouldn't kiss me as often. And the funny thing is, it's not funny, but every boyfriend from the time I was, you know, like had a boyfriend in high school until now it's, well, you don't give me enough kisses. You don't give me enough hugs. You don't give me enough whatever, right? That's the mindset that I had was that it was never enough. So that must mean that you don't love me. Like I did it. It was like an equation. This much equals love. Right. How I look at it now is I started looking at my husband, Larry, and looking at all the things that he does in his love language. Now, his love language is acts of service he, and words of affirmation. But acts of service is his primary thing. He will go do so many things. He'll put my towel over top of the bathroom. He'll open Aww. my, he buys yeah. me flowers. He, you know, he fixes yeah. the house. He does like 10,000 things in a day. And I was mad because he didn't give me 10 French kisses. <laughs> right? Oh, that's funny. Right. And some, I was, yeah, we have some similarities was, because um, my husband's love language is acts of service as well. And mine is touch or whatever. And um, yeah, I can see the similarities. Yeah. So you can look at, you can look at it and go, well, my spouse doesn't give me what I want. And that must mean that he doesn't love me as much as I love him. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's where people get the book wrong. Okay. Yeah. And if you were to just sit down and write down all the things that your husband was actually saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. How many times in the day by doing these acts of service or let's just right. take less physical touch and yours wasn't like, oh, right. he's constantly trying to touch me. Basically saying, I love you over and over again throughout the day. And you are dismissing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. completely saying that's not even that important. And I feel like we're trying to ask somebody to speak our language without even trying to understand what theirs is and acknowledge it. And that's oh. what get really upset is that they don't feel heard or seen and they don't feel appreciated for what they are doing. Okay. They're getting upset. You get upset for the things that they aren't doing. Missed all these amazing things that they did. Oh, that's, that's fair. I mean, absolutely. That is, that's such a great point. Important to be seen and heard. And if you're not seen or heard, I think that's where the problem starts to begin. You're not hearing me. You're not seeing me the way I want you to see me, or, you know, there's some sort of disconnect there. That's where I think it starts. That's, that's great stuff. Yeah. And it continues to build the belief that somebody doesn't love you. You're not important. You're not good enough. You're not perfect, whatever. Mm -hmm. story is that and the belief that you have about yourself. So my husband's limiting belief was is that he doesn't feel good enough. And if I continue to not acknowledge all the things that he did, I'm just continuing to reinforce his limiting belief that he's not good enough. And that's where relationships really suffer is yeah. they've got this belief table. And in the beginning, oh we're you're so amazing. You're the most wonderful thing. But over time our brain wants to focus at the one thing they didn't do right. Yeah. That day. 
And then it just continues to be like this landmine. This is some really good stuff here. I see that you have, you have like three books too, as well. You've got the 12 week journal to manifest your dream marriage. What are the other two books that you have? And if you could just tell us a little bit about where people could purchase them if they would like. Yeah, sure. I, I started with the power of a growth mindset, the journey to emotional freedom. And I, I started that book because it was a sign. I went to a numerologist one day and she said, you're going to be an author of three books. And I thought that's absolutely crazy. I am a very uh, analytical person. Mm-hmm. I don't know you know, anything about English, right? I mean, I'm a typical engineer where you can't spell. And so I started, I actually kept getting the, I call it intuitive hit, but I was driving home one day and I accidentally took the wrong turn because I had just moved into this house and I was talking on the phone with my mother and I ended up getting off the phone with my mom telling her that I really need to turn around. So I turned around in this lady's driveway. This is right after the psychic fair. And there was a, a giant sign that looked like a real real estate sign, but it yeah. said book residence. And I was like, I took a picture. I immediately took a picture and I said, okay, God, I get it. You want me to write a book. So, cool. I, so every day I you know would write a half a paragraph or a paragraph. And yep. over the course of a year, I was able to peck out enough words and enough content to create this book. So it's wonderful. Been- several years now um, since I had that book. And then for my program, I use my workbook that you can also buy on Amazon. So if you want to buy it and you want to try to go through it yourself, um, it's fantastic. It's the workbook that everybody, you know, works on in the relationship marriage mastery course. And then the other one is the journal that I require everyone to do in my course as well. So they're available on Amazon. I'll have to do is just look up my name and you'll see all three books wonderful so um yeah i want to say how your name is spelled it's d-a-n-y-e-l-l danielle adamski a-d-a-m-s-k-i yep if you go right on amazon you can type in her name and all her books will come up they look like phenomenal books i would love to read them yeah i found uh i found our interview today to be very insightful I'm excited. I, I want to read some of your books because I think this stuff is so important. Um, it really is. And I commend you for doing that, for helping couples stay together and be genuine with each other and love each other. Pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's been very nice having you on. I hope you have a good rest of the day. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Wendy. You too. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you're here. We had so much fun, didn't we, Sean? Yes. I totally hope, everybody, that you enjoyed our episode. So please subscribe to our website, ajuicypairpodcast.com. Yes. See you there. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy, and you just listened to another episode of a Juicy Pear Podcast. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. And I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Each week, I have new content, and I love talking with creatives. Tell your friends and family. And if you're feeling led, hey, you can buy me a coffee on ajuicypearpodcast.com.